The Weekly Harvest, an in-depth look at the Brandon Weekings and the WHL. Washman trying to come up with it for Allison. Here's Allison right in front. He scores! Well, hello once again. Welcome to episode 34 of the Weekly Harvest Podcast, presented by Coors Light, the official beer of the Brandon Wee Kings. My name is Chris Falco, the in-arena voice of the Brandon Wee Kings, Director of Game Day Operations, Community Relations. He's the radio voice of the Brandon Wee Kings, Brandon Crow. Crow, how are you, bud? I'm great. Uh, it's uh, it's it's another another day. It's snowing a little bit. Feels a little more like Christmas. We're getting a little closer to the holidays. I know it's a little different than normal, uh, but uh, it's just uh, it's kind of nice this time of year. You get some Christmas bacon around the house, and not bacon, baking around the house. Wait, well, you, you get Christmas too. bacon. Fantastic. I mean, you could, <laughs> you could, but you got the decorations up and the lights, and uh, yeah, I, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good, and looking forward to getting to the new year and and, and kind of moving on from 2020. I think everybody is, but at the same time, you know, when January 1st rolls around, it's not as if everything is just going to be awesome, right? Like there's still going to be some time, but everything is at least in gear where it is going to be a much better year, hopefully overall, when we look back on it than 2020 was. Yes. Let's Uh, hope it's a fresh start for everybody. And the whole using 2020 as like a new insult or a new reference for how bad something is going to be. Uh, I think that's going to be a legitimate thing g- going forward. I don't know if I'm going to do it, but I, I can totally see that being a new thing in society. It's one of those things where I didn't really notice it at first, but as the summer and fall and now into winters come along, whenever something bad happens with somebody or you see it on social media and they're like, man, 2020, am I right? <laughs> and they get the question marks going and you, you kind of think about it and go, Geez, really? Yeah. You know what? A lot of things have piled up and maybe, you know what, maybe other years there's been some negative things and you just don't really notice it. But this year, boy, it really seems to pile up. But before we forget, we want to thank our uh, newest uh, podcast sponsor, Coors Light. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have been uh, getting through the pandemic with the help of Coors Light. Uh, They are the official beer provider of the brand of weekings and the official beer uh in the arena and uh we want to thank them for their partnership uh, but again once uh, as always we want to remind you to enjoy responsibly whenever you do crack open a nice silver bullet so special thanks to coors light for joining us uh, on the weekly harvest and 2020 as it does get better uh with the with the podcast returning thanks to coors light and the release of those new week king jerseys which in a little bit in the podcast we're gonna get to announce the winner uh, of the contest which, which again i want to talk about that that contest and, and how well that took off as well. The reception when teams release new jerseys, uh, new logos, new mascot, new anything for the fan base. Uh, there's a lot of times where it, it can be home run, uh, but there's always some naysayers. Uh, and then people outside the fan base, no matter what you do, they always want to criticize. They always want to say, I don't yep. like it. When you look at the reception for the new Wheat King jerseys, and I've looked through hundreds, I have yet to see one negative one. All the away fan bases just loving the new look. Uh, personally, I, this might be my favorite jersey that the Wheat Kings will ever wear, just with 
what it represents and how it looks. But uh, if you have not seen it yet and you consider yourself a Weeking fan, you're listening to the podcast. I'm assuming if you listen to this podcast, you've for sure seen the yeah. New Jerseys. But uh, the reception's been phenomenal. And uh, the contest that we ran for people to win a free jersey... It's gotten some of the most reaction online of any of our posts. The, the yeah. ret- retweets are out of control, uh, and uh, people having a lot of fun with it. Um, what do what, you think about all those names popping up with the question on it, which was, if you could pick one weeking to play one more game, the idea kind of was in that nice New Jersey, who would it be? And the answers for me were just awesome, just stories. And it went like not just one generation. It went back, you know, back into the seventies, late sixties, right up to, you know, a couple years ago with Nolan Patrick. So it, it really spanned a broad uh, generation of fans. And, and I was telling you guys, uh, I, my phone is connected to the team's social media because on the road, I usually handle some tweets and some Instagram and that sort of thing, but they usually just kind of lay dormant in my phone. I don't ever really go on it in the off season or anything like that. But for whatever reason, my notifications were on. Well, you guys tweeted that out and put it on Instagram. All of a sudden, my phone was going off like an earthquake, just like vibrating off the table. I couldn't figure out what was going on, but it was everybody replying to both Twitter uh, and, uh, and Instagram, man, people from all over all ages, uh, you know, men, women, kids. It was awesome to see. Um, and it was kind of cool too, like to get the response from the jerseys. I know I had other broadcasters, so Fraser Rogers with Prince George. Uh, they've rebranded a couple of times. He texted me and said, bang up job. Great job with the jerseys. They're excellent. Um, a couple other guys from around the league texted me. I know uh, one of the guys in the communications department for the Winnipeg Jets texted me and said, you nailed it. Great job. You guys did great. I, I didn't take any credit for it. I had nothing to do with it, but uh, a lot of people like it and a lot of fans like it. And I can say, you know, when, when the year goes on, and, and Scooter, the equipment manager, is talking about you know the design process and everything. I, I didn't realize how long it actually takes and how many different concepts you go through to get to the final one. I, I don't know what the exact number is, but it, it's well over a dozen probably different concepts that were thrown out there and batted back and forth between the organization and CCM and the league and everything. And whatever they settled on, Fans, again, they're either going to love it, they're going to hate it, but this is, seems to be a gold star winner, winner, chicken dinner. Uh, everyone seems to love it. This jersey was uh, about th- three years in the making. Uh, it, 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 was, it was a long time, and I was not part of the process either, just kind of also you know, seeing it from afar. Um, the most I saw was when they would send a couple emails, and, and I love this part, when it would have like six or seven different examples and be like, hey, what do you like? And they're kind of whittling it down, writing all the different options, but... When it came down to the final pick, I, I think it was unanimous, even just looking at it on the screen, that everybody was, A, so excited to have the Weed Sheets back. I mean, for any Weed King, you know, true fan, they they know what the Weed Sheets mean um, and, and just how special that is. And they, so to get them back on the jerseys, that alone. And that's why the last tease was that going across the bottom bar and just when you start to see the wheat fade out. And again, that first comment on, on Facebook, uh, good Lord, the, 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 the wheat, uh, the wheat is back. Uh, just kind of summed it up. So reception was awesome, but later on in the show here, we are going to be making the draw for that free Jersey, which has, uh, like 600 some names. in it, I think so, but, uh, yeah, uh, good luck to everybody as, as that comes on up. We got ourselves a busy show though. Uh, also before, uh, we get too far, 
Scarecrow want to talk about uh, and thank everybody who came on out last Friday for the Wheat King Teddy Bear Toss Drive-Through uh, presented by Precision Toyota. Toyota set us up with the vehicles. CNC Rentals gave us the trailer. Uh, thanks to Rona, we had all the lights. Uh, we had the decorations. We had music. Thanks to Trident Music. Um, we raised about $1,300 in cash in the three hours, and we filled the trailer with donations. So uh, I want to say thank you to uh, PJ Crane and Crane Steel. want to say thank you to Western Financial Group. I uh, want to say thank you to Tim Hortons for just keeping us warm. They had some some coffee and donuts, uh, so that was much appreciated as well. Uh, and they, Everybody. There was such a community outpouring, uh, and for what yeah. it was, three hours, I, I wish we could have done it the week before, to be honest, uh, when it was a whole lot warmer. It was a very cold uh, three hours, but it was well worth it. Uh, I'm glad that we got to do some sort of the Teddy Toss uh, and, uh, you know, did 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 at least some kind of good uh this year and the giving spirit of Westman it, it it just continues to impress uh as another great event for United Way and a number of teams too uh I, I don't know if you guys talked about it at a at a team level but I know Saskatoon they had a, a really really good teddy bear drive through uh the Portland Winterhawks did one out west as well and a couple other teams out in Ontario and I saw a few teams around uh, doing this a similar idea uh, great idea. Uh, tip of the cap to you guys. I was hoping I could make it. And when I realized the temperature, I was going to text you and say, you know what? This will be the only time I ever want to wear the Willie suit because it'll be the only suit that's warm enough <laughs> for me to stand out in the parking lot. But Willie, I wasn't going to make it. I was do the most comfortable poke... one out there for sure. Yeah. Oh, 100% he would have been. Yeah. Uh, I do want to poke fun at the new staffer, though, on the Weeking staff. Uh, Katie, uh, she tweeted out a picture of her standing there wearing a toque and a scarf saying, if you're wondering how I'm dealing with Manitoba winters. And I wanted to reply and say, you haven't even seen a winter in the slightest. It is like minus 13 in the parking lot of the Keystone Center right now. The wind isn't even howling. You just wait, lady. You just wait. <laughs> it's going to get a lot worse. We noticed that tweet about 10 minutes after she sent it and said the same thing to her in person. It's like, it's yeah, like minus just 20 wait, something. Katie. Just hold on. Hold on. It's going to uh, hit you and you're going to wonder why you ever left Southern Alberta to come to Brandon when you can't get into your car because it's frozen shut and there's three feet of snow up against the door. But uh, nonetheless, we had some great news in the jerseys and the teddy bear toss. Then we had some kind of sad news, disappointing news, albeit not probably shocking to many people. Uh, earlier on in the week, uh, the Western Hockey League announcing they are delaying the start of the regular season. They are not putting a date on it now. They've done that a couple of times, and and not to say they've been burned, but it's just hard when you set a date. People get excited. Then you have to cancel it. It's happened a couple of times. So basically, the way it's working now is that the, uh, the Board of Governors, the Commissioner, and the public health regions uh, in all the provinces and all the states are going to work together. They're going to, they've been working together this whole time and they're going to meet again in January to try and come up with a plan. Um, the one thing I did notice that Ron Robinson, both in the press release and when he joined the Western Hockey League podcast a couple of days later, he just kept repeating the fact that the main focus of the Western Hockey League is on the safety of the players, coaches, staff, and the fans. So I know it's sad and people were looking forward to getting things going in the new year, but it's probably not shocking. Uh, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, it's, it's unfortunate, but uh, who knows? We'll get through the, the new year. We'll get through this Christmas break and, and we'll see what happens in January. But uh, that's kind of the sad news from last week. 
sad, but uh, l- like you said, not you know, not unexpected. Um, you yeah. know, it, it, especially considering you know, you hope that over the Christmas break here that all the numbers continue to be uh, you know going lower and lower as they are as of late. Um, that you know, people take the take the code red seriously. Uh, but you know, this is why after the Christmas break, grade seven and up is mandatory going uh, you know uh, from from homeschooling as well for two weeks. So I know, like I'll be dealing with that as you may hear in the background right now. I've got a couple of a, a, a couple of guys making noise. Hey, guys making noise in the background. Thank you. Hey, that's our fan club right there. It's Briar our fan and Jude, club, but they're being, they are here every week. <laughs> so you know this dealing with kids at home. Um, you know, at certain good times, luck as you do that without. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know, school is out now for Christmas break, and this is the reality now for a number of weeks. Um, but you know, like we're not going anywhere. We're not going to be seeing anybody. Um, you know, we're just going to be maintaining and doing what we're doing: going ice fishing, doing skating, uh, keeping literally within our household bubble. Um, keep Keeping the numbers low, and then hopefully, you know, you're right. Early in the new year, we can get back to it. At this point, can't control it. Not sure what else to do besides try and stay positive. And uh, and you know, it was so nice to have that community event, um, just to kind of see people again and just trying to get that yes. spirit. And you know, and seeing people, even just you know, again through their window driving by, just being like, "Thanks for doing this." Hopefully, we'll see you guys in the new year. You know, like they want to be doing it at a game, but uh, you know. Once we do get back, it's going to be that sense of healing for the community as well. Um, not to just jump all over with this podcast here, but I had another thought just going back. It's the podcast. I want to break it down because you tell you asked and said, I'm sure in the office we talked about what other teams have done for the for their teddy bear toss this year with everything going on. Uh, of course. I mean, we're always looking at what other teams are doing. We're following their social media, uh, you know, staying, staying in touch with them. A lot of them are friends as well across the league. So uh, always just kind of in touch. But what the initial plan was was uh, and, and and this got denied by both the police and and public health but what i wanted to do was the weekend before the really nice weekend i wanted to do the same thing but we had a parade route planned that we were going to drive through all the residential areas in brandon uh across a saturday oh, right so the idea was going to be the teddy bear toss comes to you so again we knew people were at home we didn't want them to leave their home except to maybe walk out you know a block or two and you know do their donation on the side or just wave and say hi to willie um so that was the initial idea but they said you can't do any kind of driving around collection it had to be a place where people came and uh and congregated instead of us going out so said okay but it kind of changed all the plans which then made it uh you know a week later and uh, and and a whole lot colder but that is how it all kind of came about so um now that th- that's over and we got the nice big donation for united way the season's pushed back i know a lot of our effort in the office now at least for me kind of switches to esports as that nhl tournament is going to be right. kicking off right after christmas um and we just had the uh the first pre-tournament league end last night in, in a thrilling game so some of these esports games they are these guys are getting right into it it's been a lot of fun they got some good streamers like we talked about last week uh so i'm actually i'm, I'm really excited for this to help fill that gap because it starts January 2nd. So, yes, it's video game hockey, but you got guys from across right now, Western Canada, even some guys from Ontario, Quebec. Don't think we have any East Coasters yet, but we got a few guys from, from, from out East. But again, the guy plays a CHL franchise. So if you watch any of these streams, you're going to see a whole bunch of WHL fan bases in particular playing each other with their favorite teams. It's going to at least be something. I, th- I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So look out for the weekend social media in January as as, as all that starts. 
are you a, I got to ask on a completely different topic, but I just saw this now. Are you a sports better? Like, do you bet on pro lines or anything like that when it comes to NHL or NFL? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you go to like, I know like on play now, completely legal, but like that's like the government site right yeah you go to play now yeah i got a subscription there and okay so uh, not a guy not not like a big better but i do like to play some like you know one dollar parlays and bet on like 12 14 games throughout the weekend never won but uh you know you win one time and it's a pretty big win so but yeah definitely. so a guy today in new jersey he placed a 100 dollars bet back in september that the new york jets would win their first game of the season in week 15 which is this week in the NFL. Yeah. And the Jets hadn't won all season long. <laughs> and yep. today they beat the nine and four Rams 23 to 20 for their first win of the season. That guy that put a hundred dollar bet on there just made 12 grand off that bet. I just threw it into the pot and walked out with 12 grand off FanDuel. That, wow. I mean, I'm not a big better just because I don't like taking the risk, but uh, that's a funny story in itself. The Jets winning today against a really good Rams team. And the Jets are no longer in contention for the first overall pick. They are still, but right now it flips Jacksonville as the first overall pick. So for, if you're a New York Jets fan, for that you guy, win, but you didn't want to. And for that guy to have $100 to throw on that kind of bet, you can only imagine how many other frivolous bets he has like $100 oh. on and how much money is tied up. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff I would not do. But like a couple bucks to win a couple hundred? Then, yeah. you know that's maybe more more my style but uh that guy's thinking big good for him i, I love some of that uh again completely off topic but whatever i mean there's there's no hockey so let's talk about it did you see charlie woods and tiger woods just a general I did, sports I, story holy you man. know what i haven't been home i've been, been i've been working but i've I been following it. it on social media i love it like that that kid's unreal. I would, I would watch now that all this is going on and then you guys stay in your household. Let's get all of the father, son, father, daughter, mother, son, mother, daughter combos, the LPGA, the PGA. I love that concept. It, it was, I, I, I saw it on social media and then I could not find it on my TV quick enough. So I found uh, another means, uh, a shadier means online, but, <laughs> but I found a way to, to start watching. And I was like, this is like, I, I was right into it i thought that was uh, fantastic and people didn't know uh they had like father sons playing and it was best ball and it was, it was it was a lot of fun to watch but and that kid at 11 i think he's 11 uh his his swing is identical like there was a, a fox video on the range of tiger and his son yeah. charlie side by side identical swing like it's he hit a five wood within like three foot of the hole and he tapped it in for eagle <laughs> It was yeah. fantastic. So, uh, and he's even got his dad's fist pump. He did that on one of the putts. Uh, anyway, uh, Charlie Woods, up and cover. He's already my new favorite golfer. So I can't wait to own Charlie Woods 2034, uh, 2034 on the PS. I might throw a bet on it that he'll win the Masters in like 2032. FanDuel. That's got to be on there right now. We got to go and start putting all these $1 bets on Charlie Woods to start cleaning up. Absolutely. Uh, our, our guest this week, we have got uh, a guy who I know across junior hockey, a lot, a lot of respect goes to this man, especially when it comes to the NFL draft rankings, uh, NFL to the NHL draft rankings. Uh, he could when, probably do the NFL. He could too. probably do the good. NFL too. But uh, I, I can only imagine though how much, uh, you know, how, like how much work goes into when he builds these lists. But there's all this hype around when Button's list is going to be coming out. So uh, from TSN, Craig Button, very excited to have uh, to have him on tonight here, Crow. 
Yeah, uh, he was a he was a good get. Uh, I appreciate uh, Brian Munns uh, from TSN. We've had him on the pod. I I reached out to him and said, "Hey, uh, could you send me the contact info for Craig Button?" He said, "No problem. I'll text him, let him know." I reached out to him. He was super good about it. Uh, my email to him went to his spam mail, which doesn't surprise me. So he actually forgot about our interview. But I texted him right away, and he quickly scrambled, got back to his computer, set it up, and gave us uh, way more time than I thought he would. So uh, it's a really good interview. I think people are going to enjoy it. Um, I tweeted it out yesterday and I, I got a lot of good feedback. People are really looking forward to this episode. So um, as we head into the Christmas break, uh, Craig Button, uh, it is for those of you that are listening this week, it was recorded last week. So there may be some conversation that just seems not dated, but he may mention days of the week that might throw you off a little bit. So just a reminder, it was pre-recorded uh, last Wednesday. So and if people are watching as well, they're going to notice that our clothes are going to just suddenly change here as well. Once the interview <laughs> yeah. starts. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, it's, it's going to be great. And uh, once again, we want to thank uh, Coors Light for making it all happen. Uh, the official beer partner, of the brand of Wheat Kings. Uh, and once again, this holiday season, if you are enjoying a Coors Light beverage. Do so responsibly. Don't drink and drive. Now, before we actually get into the interview, just uh, a couple of things. Speaking of Brian Munns, uh, he's one of a couple emails that we did get at the uh, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. And a reminder, so if people wanted to uh, email us, as I put that up on the screen right there, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. Brian Munns uh, sent in a question for Don that we kind of missed for last week's. He said, did your golf game improve this summer? Hope you fellas are well. Uh, Now, now, uh, Brian, I did actually ask Don that uh, when I got that email uh, when he came through the office one day, and uh, and he just big smile and said, "Yes, Munzee, yes." So uh, his <laughs> golf game did get better. And uh, while we're doing emails, uh, I got an email here uh, uh, from Chad. Chad says, uh, "Not sure if you're going to continue on with interviews of past players, but if you uh, could, love to get Peter Schaefer, my favorite player back in the '90s, such a skilled player. That and Randy Ponty, another one I love to hear an interview with. Old time hockey, such a fun guy to watch. Uh, Glassy the podcast." is back so uh thanks for that email chad uh, both guys I, I think that we would love to talk to you on here so uh we're gonna add that to the list as well um but uh, coming up this week like we said we got tsn's craig button after which we're to come back for a few minutes and have the winning name for the jersey giveaway but right now tsn craig button well, our guest this week is a guy that uh, most of you uh, know quite well because he's been uh, on TV for a number of years and he's been a big part of the TSN World Junior coverage and draft coverage for a number of years. Uh, of course, he started uh, in in the game a long time ago and has held uh, many hats and, and many job titles. Uh, TSN's Craig Button. Uh, Craig, thanks for taking time to, to join us this week on the Weekly Harvest Podcast. No, I'm uh, a pleasure for me to join you guys. Uh, you know, hockey runs through every corner of our country. And, uh, you know, to share some thoughts about the World Junior and the players at this time of the year, this is uh, a great thrill for me to be joining you guys. Now, Craig, there has been a lot of weekend greats that, that you know, have come up through the junior ranks that you would have tracked, you, you would have followed, <laughs> that I'm sure we're going to start to talk about. But right off the bat, of course, the one that everybody's talking about is the current weekend that is in camp. So let's talk by talking about Brain Schneider before we get into anything. What are some of your thoughts about Brain Schneider as a player? Well, so I'll take you back in time a little bit. So I've watched Braden for over three years. And the first time I saw Braden was as a 15 year old. And I mean, he, you know, he was a, a rugged, competitive player at that age. And he's no less so at, 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 at his current age. 
But I remember at a U-17 camp in, in Calgary, he, he, he thoroughly blew up uh, an opponent in, in, in a scrimmage. And, well, it wasn't a scrimmage. It was a game as they identify the players. And, you know, it was like... I mean, if he wanted to capture your attention, he, he knew how to do it. And But he could capture my attention. The poor player he hit had his attention caught in a whole different way, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, your players are coming in and they're dangling and they, they think they have all these fancy moves and everything. And Brandon just, I mean, he blew him up. And, you know, so, you know, you know, you knew – you know, I knew that he was a first round pick. I knew, uh, you know, because I, you know, talked to Kelly McCrimmon and, you know, I know the uh, the background and what a good player he was and what a good prospect. And what I would tell you is, is since that time, all he has done is been true to his identity as a, as a real competitive territorial defenseman, but, but he's continuously improved. I mean, he, he's a player that's taken his skating up a level, which is necessary if you want to play in the NHL and play at a high level. Uh, his opportunity to make plays with the puck. I mean, he does all those things in the game that are really significant, not only in terms of being rugged and physical and territorial and deeply competitive. He, he, he jumps into the attack. Uh, he, he makes really good plays with the puck in all areas of, of the game. He shoots the puck. Uh, you know, I think, and I joked about this uh, when I was doing the draft for NBC, you know, when they announced that they'd made the trade and they selected uh, uh, Braden Schneider. And uh, David Quinn, who's a longtime good friend of mine, and I got lots of friends with the Rangers, and I said, Ranger fans, you're not going to like this pick. And Bob McKenzie kind of gave me a look, and he, he was wondering where I was going. I said, well, he's really competitive. He hates every opponent he plays against. You know, he's going to be physical and rugged and, you know, uh, you know, bring people that, that hate every other team that plays the Rangers out of their seats. So David Quinn sends me a note. He goes, we're listening to you going, oh, my God, what's he going to say? And then we all started laughing. And so, you know, Braden is a player I want on my team. I don't want to play against them. I want him on my team because Braden is that player that is no fun to play against if you're lining up against him because every inch of ice you want, every second of time you're trying to earn, he's trying to take it away from you. Is there a player maybe currently uh, or a guy that maybe from the past that you, that you would compare him to uh, in the NHL? Well, I know that his dad loves Scott Stevens and, you know, that, uh, you know, and Scott, I mean, you talk about blowing up players. I mean, Scott was, unbelievable, <laughs> but, you know, so, I mean, from a physical standpoint, the game is very different than when Scott played and, and you know, from a physical point of view, but when I, and, and, and ironically, one of the players that I thought was uh, ironic in the sense that he plays for the Rangers, that Braden reminded me a lot of was Jacob Truba. You know, Jacob is territorial and, you know, there was a lot of, I shouldn't say question marks about Jacob, but Jacob just continuously progressed his game in all the critical areas. And, you know, you look at what he, he did in Winnipeg, you now look at what uh, they're counting on uh, from him with the New York Rangers. And, you know, so now Braden, uh, you know, gets to go to a, an organization that has a similar type player. And I, I think that not only can he look at how Jacob plays the game, but can also learn from him and, and, you know, have Jacob as a little bit of a mentor. And, you know, Jacob's only seven years older than Braden, but, you know, that can seem like an eternity when you're trying to break into the NHL and you got somebody like Jacob Truber that's got seven years under his belt. So, Craig, I, 
you know, when we ask you a question like that about Brayden, and right away you go back to, well, I remember seeing him as, as a 15-year-old, and how many players, now you can say that, how meticulous are your notes? It must be absolutely insane how you track these players over the years, because I know working in junior hockey, like waiting for your draft <laughs> rankings is always kind of a big day. Uh, kind of kind of like to see where the guys land. Um I just I, I I can't imagine how many games you would see uh, in a year, and yeah, how how meticulous per game your notes would be to track these players. Oh well, I mean, I mean, I, I have the great fortune of going around uh, the country and the world and watching players at different ages, and so I get the opportunity to watch them at fifteen and sixteen. So, you, you know, I'm just you know I'm just pulling out some just a little. Just a little notebook here that I have. In, Hockey's know, holy Bible, right there. Right, look at that thing. Well, Gold I, leaf I pages. Know, that's, that's just a little <laughs> glimpse of of my notes from a game last year at Wisconsin with Minnesota Duluth. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad somewhere along the line, I think you've seen my notes. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah. Look at yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. On the anybody watching on the on the Wyatt Kalnick or on Good the YouTube kid. version. They will be able to see this for the audio podcast. Just, you know, Craig is actually holding up and giving us an insight into his actual notes on the game that, that he's watching. Now, Craig, I, I know that obviously tech. So I keep notes just years, to ask so your question, changed, Chris, but, but I do, but I, I got to keep notes. Yeah. I, I, like my memory, my memory is good, but sometimes it, it, it escapes me. And so I try to make sure that, uh, that I'm able to, uh, you know, uh, you know, keep and go back and look and say, okay, here's what I saw. Here's what, because players are progressing all the time. And so uh, I, I'm trying to build when I'm watching players, I'm, I'm trying to build what, what I call a dossier on them, you know, and, and it, scouting and evaluation is never static. It's about watching them and watching them and watching them and going, okay, yeah, I was right about that. Okay. He's better than I thought in this area still needs a little bit of improvement in that area. And, and, and you just keep going back and by, by, by having notes, you know, you can go back and go, okay, did I see that before? Oh yeah, I did see that. Or did I see that before? No, I, but I had a question on it. So, you know, it, it, for me, it's important in my own methodology uh, to keep those notes. So talk to us about how the process was for you to get into this bubble. Now, we can kind of see behind you for those that are watching. You got it looks like a treadmill or maybe your bike back there and some TV equipment. And now you're kind of locked into your hotel room there in Edmonton. What's the process when you got there? You know, were you tested? How were you tested? Just go through uh, today's day uh, for, for Craig Button getting into the bubble. Well, I did bring a bike because, you know, the gyms are all closed. So I did bring a bike that's in my room. You, you do see television equipment. So we're set up remotely. So I, I, I did a I did a, a piece today on that's hockey. I'll do another one tomorrow. We got to be prepared for anything. We've been working from home. Those are my Christmas lights that I hung up around uh, <laughs> around the room. So, uh, you, you know, we we're going to be here for 22 days, and you know, you you, you want to find some uh, creature comforts. And when you've been as home as long as all of us have been, you know, you you really start to enjoy those creature comforts. But with respect to coming into Edmonton, you know, we had to have three negative tests in five days before we were cleared for travel to Edmonton. So you needed the negative test. Now you come into Edmonton. I arrived here on Tuesday, uh, December 15th. And so I go through a test right away and then 
four more tests uh, negative before being released into the bubble. And, you know, if you, if you don't have those negative tests, uh, you don't get released into the bubble. So, uh, and, and, and that's the same for the teams and everybody. And that's why when Bob Nicholson, uh, the president, the chairman of the uh, Oilers uh, Entertainment Group and, you know, former head of Hockey Canada, you know, the NHL didn't have a manual when they had their return to play. They were talking to the health experts and trying to come up with a plan. Well, it ended up being flawless. Well, the World Junior, Hockey Canada, uh, the Edmonton organizers have a manual. And Bob said it best. He said, you know, if we do all the things that we need to do prior to coming into the bubble, once you get into the bubble safe, we got you. And, and I think that that should give everybody a lot of confidence uh, because, you know, with the NHL, when it started, you, you, you're happy that they started and then you hope they would finish. And I think that uh, the World Junior Tournament is uh, headed towards the exact same uh, result. So is that something that you asked the hotel to provide you is the bike or did you have to somehow arrange to get that there? Is that just like a common thing that everybody in the, in the bubble is ordering? Cause you got to plan ahead for those amount of days. Well, I did, I did look into it. Okay. And I did look into it and uh, talk to some people. Now I'm in Calgary. So I drove up to Edmonton. So once I realized that renting, I'll, I'll tell you what ended up happening. I looked to rent. I'm a member of good life fitness. So I talked to them about potentially renting one and you know I, I thought the i thought the prices were very reasonable but then there's delivery right and then there's delivery of when you need it and so before alberta shut down you know they weren't sure about you know they, there was bikes that weren't being used and then we had to have it in there so ultimately what i did was is i went and looked and, and bought a bike I, I bought a stationary bike and so i assembled it i assembled it when i arrived on tuesday night and I'm, i mean it's a it's a good novel bike I'm gonna keep it and uh, it'll it'll sit in my home now so you know but I I needed some measure of uh, of, of exercise because I mean nobody's allowed to go outside you can't go for a walk yeah you, you, you have to stay in the bubble and uh, if you leave the bubble uh, you're, you're in trouble I, I don't know if you heard but the manager, one of the managers of the Swedish team, when I say manager, somebody that's managing their affairs, it, it had to leave because he, he stepped out of the hotel to go to the airport to go and pick up luggage. And when Ooh. he returned to the hotel, <laughs> they said to him, they said, you know, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm, I'm here with, with, with Team Sweden. They go, you just left. You're, you're, you're done. You're out. His well, stuff was still sense. in his hotel room. <laughs> he's not allowed back in the hotel <laughs> well it makes sense i mean you, you have yeah. to keep you have to keep the guys safe and it's locked down and and like it was innocent right and you, you, you know he wasn't trying to be malicious he wasn't trying to you know cut a corner he oh i gotta go get the equipment it's at the airport and you know you don't even and, and sweden has been in very different protocols than we have been in canada so it's understandable why you, you okay yeah i know i gotta do tests what's the big deal but that's how tight it is it's really really tight and and the that it won't be any less tight as time goes on just just for like a, a throwback joke being being a sense fan and uh, and uh, and old old tsn coverage seeing you and the background there <laughs> the bike and the camera and the setup i really wish that you could combine them somehow and then get the classic interview on the on the on the bike 
just to kind of get across. Tune in, tune in to TSN on Friday. I think you might get your wish. Classic. Uh, that's awesome. Craig, yeah. I, I, you know, I was growing up, I was a, you know, Manitoba boy. So obviously, I mean, I'm not, I'm not old enough to really remember the original jets, but you know, obviously they were a part of my childhood. I got some jerseys and posters and things like that. But my first real favorite team aside from uh, Winnipeg was, was the Dallas stars. And that's because my dad went on a business trip one time down to Dallas and uh, picked me up. Uh, he went to a game between Dallas and Toronto. This was in about 98 or 99 and brought me back a, a hat and a mini stick and whatever else that a young kid would want. And obviously Ed Belfour, I was a goalie. He was from Manitoba. And that's where I, I, I was so excited to, to when you said you'd come on, because I wanted to ask you about your time in Dallas and, and everything that went into that. I mean, you look at that team, you look at some of the stars on that team and, and the goaltender, Eddie Belfour, or obviously from the Stanley Cup perspective, that has to be one of the peaks of your career. But that was so far in the beginning that lots has happened since then. So when you think back to your time in Dallas, so what are some of your peak memories? Well, I, I mean, we had a number one. We had a terrific group of people. And it wasn't it wasn't without a lot of trials and tribulations. I mean, we were in Minnesota. And then our franchise moved down to Dallas. And, you know, we, you, you know, we ended up with uh, – uh, you know, obviously you have a relocation, uh, lots of new people that became part of our, of our group with the, with the stars and terrific people. Uh, you know, we had an ownership change, not because Norm Green didn't want to be an owner. It's just that the, the finances of the NHL had changed so drastically that it required a different type of owner with, with, with respect to financial capital. But, you know, we had, Tom Hicks was, Norm Green was, was really fantastic in understanding what the process was. Tom Hicks was just as much along the same lines that we were, I mean, we had some years where it looked okay and then we stumbled and then we would, it was kind of that two steps forward, one step back, one step forward, half a step back. And, and, but we found our way and, you know, Bob Gainey, uh, just such a terrific uh, leader and Jim lights who came to our team in Dallas from Detroit in 1993. I mean, he, he was instrumental in, in what we did off the ice and Bob was instrumental in what we were doing uh, on the ice and together they worked fantastically together and we, we, we were able to, to move our team in a direction where we were competitive and we were a good team and obviously Ken Hitchcock came in and, and, and took it to, to championship caliber level and, and, and you know those are things you never forget but you know we, we had terrific people on the ice, off the ice. that And I always say this, you can't be a team of character without people of character. And we had people that were passionate and determined and obviously uh, very, very talented. All you got to do is just look at the number of Hall of Famers that uh, were on that team. And, you know, we were pretty lucky. But, you know, when you, when you do go back, it, it, it's something that's forever. I mean, we're all part of it. It's something that you'll you'll never forget. You, you, you grow up wanting to win the Stanley Cup. Nobody ever thinks you're going to raise the Stanley Cup in a management position. But you always think of it as a player, right? But, it's not how you dreamed you know, it. But, but, we, but we all dream of uh, winning the Stanley Cup. So to be part of it was uh, was really, really significant. And certainly Eddie, Eddie was, uh, was uh, a major, major reason why we were able to be so successful. Do you ever get tired of hearing from Buffalo fans? <laughs> 
I'm glad you asked that question. I'll tell you what, because I'll, I'll share a story with you. I was at a tournament in Europe, I don't know, five years ago, six years ago. And there was a there was a scout from Buffalo. And we were sitting around after a game and, you know, just kind of kicking around. It was probably about dozen of us just kicking around post game. And, you know, he, he made a comment about uh, about that game and about the Stanley Cup. Now, he wasn't even working there at the time in 1999. But it was one of those comments that you just kind of go. Yeah, whatever. Like, I, I, you know, I kind of made a joke. I kind of said, well, you know what? All I know is if you look for the 99 Stanley Cup champions, it says Dallas, not Buffalo. <laughs> well, he didn't stop. He wouldn't stop. And so to, to answer your question, Chris, I, I, I just I said, you, you can go live in whatever land you want to live in. You can believe in Santa Claus. You can believe in the Easter Bunny. You know, it's the same thing. Because if you think that, uh, OK, if you want to talk about the goal, keep talking about the goal. It was a good goal. We won and everything. And even if you won that game or even it didn't matter. It was just a matter of when we were going to win, not if we were going to win. So your team was competitive. Your team was respected. But if you want to think that you were going to beat us, keep thinking it because you had no chance. (laughs) And it was a stupid rule, too. So I'm glad they got rid of it right away. Yeah, well, it was a rule that they that that they clarified at the time. And, you know, but you know what? When you when you have the history of losing that Buffalo has had in all their sports, you know, you, you can understand that they're a little bit sensitive, probably. To, to, to losing every chance, you know, wide left, wide right, four straight Super Bowls losing. But in the crease, yeah, it just it just never ends for them. And yeah. that to me, thinking back on it, you know, I, you know, growing up, that was I was probably I think it was nine years old. And I, as I mentioned, I was a I was a new stars fan at the time. That moment, that game sticks in my memory because it was the first time in that entire playoff run and and, and hockey run I was able to stay up past the first overtime. My dad had a rule, you know, I was still a young kid and, you know, I still had, you know, school to get to and whatever else or, or things to get to. So if the game went past the first overtime, I had to go to bed. So I'd find out the next day. Well, that game obviously went, you know, whatever it did. And I remember that was the first game I was ever able to stay up late and watch. And it certainly turned out well. You talk about your scouting. Three, it went three overtimes, Brad. Was it three? I don't even remember. I just it remember. Five, it was five minutes left in the third the overtime. The elation of being a young kid. That was the first. And you know what? Since then, uh, any team I've cheered for hasn't really been overly successful. So that was the last championship moment of my fandom. But uh, you touched on your, your notes and your scouting. Now, in a guy in your position, executive, analyst, scout, whatever, you have to take the good with the bad. And I'm sure that's something you've had to learn. So over the years, you've had, you know, some really good drafts. And then on the other side, you, you had some decisions that probably come back to bite you later, but hindsight's twenty twenty. So for example, you know, you draft Jerome McGinley, but on the other hand, you know, you waived Marty St. Louis, who went on to become, you know, what he did. So how long did it take you to realize, you know what, not every pick or not every choice you make is going to be a home run? I'm I'm sitting here thinking about that. I didn't think I made any mistakes, and now you're pointing out some of them. Like seriously, as he hangs up, it's Christmas time. Like I mean, I can't (laughs) believe this. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll tell you a funny story about uh, about Marty St. Louis. So uh, I had I had I had taken the job in Calgary, but uh, the stipulation behind me uh, going to Calgary was I I couldn't participate in anything with their franchise until we our season was done. Our season ended in Game Six of the Stanley Cup Final on a double overtime goal by Jason Arnett. So the year before we're celebrating the next year. Uh, not only are we incredibly disappointed, but I'm leaving an organization uh, with great friends and a lot of fondness. So I go to Calgary and, you know, I got less than 48 hours uh, to, you know, try to get the expansion list and everything in, in order. And one person, you know, you try to go through the list and you try to get everybody's input as best as you can. Tom Watt, uh, former Winnipeg Jets coach, he 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 was a play. He was a person that said, "I think we should be. Uh, I think Marty St. Louis has a lot more than we've seen from him, and I think that uh, you know we should be careful about uh, just letting him go." And ultimately, his was the only voice uh, that supported that. Now I'm gonna. So he, we let him go. You know, he ends up signing as a free agent with uh, Tampa Bay. We all know what ends up happening. 2004, Tampa Bay wins the Stanley Cup. Marty's well on his way to establishing himself as a as a as a top player in the National Hockey League. But the World Cup, right before the lockout of 0405, I'm in the uh, Bell Center in Montreal. And Steve Bejan, who played with us in Calgary, J.S. Jaguar, who had been in Calgary, and Marty St. Louis and Denny Gauthier, who was still playing in Calgary, are, uh, are, are down below, you know, because they, they were all together. They knew each other. So we're chatting and Marty comes over and, you know, Marty is very gracious. He goes, ah, Craig, you know, it's not your fault and blah, blah, blah. I said, Marty, I said, if anybody should have known, it should have been me. He goes, what do you mean? I said, I watched you dominate in midget AAA in Quebec. I watched you go to the University of Vermont and dominate there and be one of the best players, if not the best player in college hockey. I watched you at the American Hockey League level dominate and be a really good player. Just based on all of that dominance, I should have been the guy to do it because I've been watching you since you were 14, 15 years of age. <laughs> he turns to me, he slaps me on the back. He goes, yeah, you should have known. <laughs> <laughs> So despite despite all that overwhelming evidence, <laughs> I still uh, you know made the mistake. And you know, hey, Marty Saint Louis is a is a terrific person. And you, you know, you think about it, he was twenty five years of age, twenty six years of age before he really found his footing as a regular NHL player. And then there was no looking back for for Marty. And you know, he's uh, he you know he's he's a coach now. He he works with young players and. Uh, the insights and his experiences really helped those players. But, you know, listen, you, you know, when you're when you're looking at it, you talk about the good with the bad. Uh, I, again, I go back. I, I had some great uh, role models and mentors, Bob Gainey. I mean, he was captain of the Montreal Canadiens, you know, growing up in that fishbowl. Uh, you know, you have a bad game. They want to trade you out of there, right? You know, it doesn't matter that you might have won three Stanley Cups in a row, right? It doesn't matter. And so, you know, you watch how he handles it. I, I worked for Bobby Clark, captain of the Flyers, another another fishbowl uh, franchise. And he, he, 
when you, when you when you work around people like that who, who are not only level-headed but have great experiences in dealing with uh, with the positives and the negatives, you, you, if you can't learn from that, then you're not going to learn. So, you know, like nobody tries to make a mistake. Everybody's trying to. To, to make the best decisions they possibly can. And sometimes uh, d- despite your best efforts, it doesn't turn out that way. And, you know, and I think that uh, you, you got to keep that in mind. And, you know, the hardest thing, Brandon and Chris is not for you to keep that in mind. It's your bosses to keep it in mind <laughs> because, and, and it's even greater now because everybody's impatient and there's so many people that know that know <laughs> A lot of experts without expertise, I like to call them. Yeah, there's a lot of chefs in in the kitchen, as as they would say. I am biting my tongue very hard right now, Craig. I am just going to nod and, uh, and and agree with you there. Um, you know, you were. You Why were, are you biting your tongue? You don't have to bite your tongue. <laughs> it's, it's a podcast. Let's just let we're going to let loose. Uh, you know, Craig, you're you're talking about uh, the story with, with Marty during the lockout. When when the lockout year hits, the World Juniors are a tournament that automatically become a lot more elevated because of all the potential players that get to play. This isn't a lockout year, but it's this weird year where a lot of these NHL players, of course, are going to get to play minus just just a couple. Um, is there a, a, a potential that you would put this team up against the last dream team, that lockout team? Well, so, you know, the like there was a lockout team in 2013 that lost the tournament in Ufa. Uh, they didn't even get a medal. Ryan Nugent Hopkins had played a full year in the NHL uh, and then a part of the season in, in the American Hockey League during that lockout because he was still minor league eligible. He led the tournament in scoring that year, and, and that was considered to be a dream team that didn't even medal. The reason I bring it up is in 05, which is considered the best dream team, the best team of all time, uh, you know, I mean, they were unbelievable. But bringing up 2013, the reason I do that is in light of today uh, happening with the World Junior yeah, it, it, a lot more players are available. The competition is very different. 2013 to 2020 and significantly different than 2005. Uh, you know, the what, what I like to call the five hockey powers right now, you know, the checks aren't in that group. They, they, they simply aren't. As much as they're fighting to get back into that conversation, they're not there. Finland, Sweden, Russia, USA, and Canada are there. And the competition for Canada uh, to win gold at this year's tournament is going to be tremendous. Do I think that they can win gold? Yes. Do I think they will win gold? Yes, I do. But uh, this team is as deep a roster uh, as I've ever seen for Team Canada with respect to 20 first-round draft picks. Never happened before. Six first-round draft picks were cut, and one who's certain to be a first-round pick, if not the first overall pick, Shane Wright. That's that's a depth of talent that's, that's unprecedented for Team Canada. But... Russia, USA, Sweden, and Finland, they're all good teams. I mean, the Russians are, are, are outstanding. And I'll be shocked if Russia and Canada are not playing on, on January 5th for the gold medal. They're, they're, to me, they have every, the, both those teams are, 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 are built in a way that gives them, the, in my view, the best chance to, to win the gold medal. Sweden and Finland and USA are not going to be any type of pushover. So, you know, th- this team, I can talk about the depth of it. 
it's going to be up to them to show where they stand as potentially uh, 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 a dream team or one of the best teams all time in the tournament because, uh, uh, you know, the competition is that significant. Canada, Russia, add, add another chapter. Yeah. And, and, you know, Canada's forwards are so good. And, and 14 forwards and all first-round draft picks. Every single forward is a first-round draft pick. But they're going to get scoring all the way through their lineup because they have that ability to do that. But the Russians have such a fantastic defense. And we can talk about defense all we want, but if you don't have the right defense to handle an offensive juggernaut like Canada is going to throw at you, it doesn't matter. And the Russians have the right defense. Not only is their defense fantastic, it, it, it's the right defense. They're big, they're strong, they can skate, they're competitive, they're physical. And then, and then if you get past those guys, you got to deal with the goaltender, Askarov. So uh, I, I think it sets up, uh, like it, it's never an easy path, but uh, the path to the gold will be a lot different than the team in 2005 where they just basically obliterated the competition at every turn. Well, Craig, uh, before we let you go, I know you've, uh, you said you, you don't have a whole lot on the agenda because you can't really go anywhere, but uh, you're in a bubble. And I thought, you know what, let's lighten it up. You know, we've talked about a lot of hockey, but uh, quarantine is different for everybody. Uh, you're settling in now. So Chris and I will we'll hit you with a couple of rapid fire type questions for you. Something quick, something you might have to come up with off the top of your head uh, just to, to kind of end this. Uh, and my first question for you is what is going to be your go-to food delivery order while you're in your hotel room? Do you have a go-to place that you're getting delivered? Uh, no, I'm not really familiar with Edmonton. I mean, I know I'd like, you know, again, living in Calgary, I, you drive up to Edmonton. I usually don't stay over in Edmonton. Right. So it, it's in and out. Right. But uh, Ryan Rashog, who uh, lives in Edmonton, he's going to be my go-to guy. Like if, depending on what I want to look for, you know, I, I'm going to say, I'm looking for this tonight. I, I like all kinds of different food. So if I feel like a burger, I want a good burger. I don't just want a burger. So I'm going to turn to Ryan to, to give me his intel and his insights on, on, on those ones. Well, I saw him and his son were doing push-ups on Twitter a few minutes ago. So I don't know if he'll be yeah. eating any burgers. He might yeah. be eating all sorts of protein shakes. Yeah. Well, I can only tell you this i mean that boomerang feature that works i mean you do one push-up and it makes you look like you're doing dozens so like you know just be careful <laughs> how the video is, is edited <laughs> all right craig you have been through a lot of junior rinks uh, watching players play throughout the whl what's one of your favorite rinks to watch a game in well I, you know I, I have so many favorite rinks and right through the western hockey league brandon included because it, you're not just going to a rink you're going to a community and you know people that i know from 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 management to coaches and you you just enjoy being able to go and visit with the, with, with all the people and then you, you see how the community embraces the team and it doesn't matter if i'm in brandon or moose jar or swift kern or prince albert or lethbridge or i'm over in Kelowna or Kamloops. i mean th th that's the feeling that i get it's an exciting feeling because you know 
if the communities don't get behind their their junior teams and support the kids, taking them into their homes, you know, having them be part of their educational system, work where they can and, and, and give back to the community, it, it can't work. And, and you guys know this as well as anybody. So, you know, when I talk about one rink over another, it's not it's the communities and every community is different and every community has its own history. But what I love the most is when I can go into a building and it's a rivalry game and it's a it's a game where, you know, you're you're, you're excited and you're and, and fans are excited about their team and you're playing against somebody that's really, really good. And yeah. And you know, it's going to be a challenge and everybody's jacked for it. And you, you know, like I come into Brandon and you come in on an afternoon and you're there at two o'clock, you check into the hotel and everybody's yeah, Regina's in town tonight. This is going to be a good one. Right. And hopefully Winnipeg gets to that point with uh, Brandon and, you know, you can build the interprovincial, the interprovincial uh, rivalry there. But, you know, when you have good teams playing against started, one another, it, sorry right. to interrupt. It, it started very quickly, Craig. Listen, yeah. in the one season, it did not take long. It took all of fifteen seconds and, <laughs> and, and and a major penalty, and it was off and running for the for the entire season. So, yeah, but, but and and and, and, I, and I certainly like I, I I don't doubt that. But when Winnipeg becomes a better team. Right. right, and and right. And, now, and and now it's not just about throwing your weight around or doing whatever you got to do. It's like they could beat us tonight. Yeah, and you don't want to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. It's that feeling that says they could beat us tonight. Right. And and the coach is telling the players in the morning, you better be ready. You better be ready. Right. So, and it's not like in the, you know, the early two thousands or the late nineties where if Regina was up three, one in Brandon, they would just, you know, throw Jordan Tutu over, or, you know, a couple of, a couple of heavyweights to jump over the boards and everyone would forget the score by the end of the night. Hey, listen, one of my, one of my closest friends is Les Jackson, who was a coach and manager for the Brandon Wheat Kings for a number of years. And, you know, he coached Rod Hextall. And, uh, you know, there was the manager when Hexy was playing there. And, you know, the stories uh, of Ron Hextall, you know, in the 80s, Brandon, long before you were born. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, the brawls they used to have and the, the way the game was, uh, uh, you know, competitively and fiercely contested, uh, you know, was I mean, it, it, it boiled right down to it. So it's very different now. But the competitive fires uh, still run through uh, the players uh, when, when they see somebody close. But even more importantly, when what, what, that, that feeling of we could lose tonight and I got to go into the community tomorrow and I got to go to school on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, 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 that's an incentive. Well, my last uh, one for you, and this might be a tough one because there are a lot of them, but thinking back to maybe even when you were an executive, do you have a, a favorite former week King that eventually either maybe peaked in junior or peaked at the world juniors or went on to the NHL? And you know what, Craig, hold on. I'm going to take on to this. I'll even give you then an extra, extra second to think about this rapid fire. Cause my question was going to be the, same we, we we do not compare questions but my phrasing was a little different because i was going to ask have you seen the new jerseys that the team oh, right. just released because our question online to our fans was what former week king would you want to see play one more game in a week king jersey um so kind of a two-parter did you see them because wow. the reception's been pretty positive personally i'm so excited about seeing the wheat back but what player would you like 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 brandon said if one, well, one, I mean, one player to come back and play a game 
I mean, that, I mean, I mean, you think about all the players that the Wheat Kings uh, have gone through, Brandon through the Wheat Kings organ. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. I mean, you bring up Jordan Tutu. I talk about uh, uh, Ron Hextall. I mean, you go back. I mean, I mean, one of my one of my dearest friends, the late Brad McCrimmon. I mean, like you know, I just you know, I miss I, I miss him every day. And you know, the the history of the Wheat Kings and the success they had. Uh, you know, and and you know, you think about Kelly and. You know, I just talk about Kelly now is that, you know, he came into the Wheat Kings organization after his playing career and just steadily worked at, at, at building at building it, getting ownership of it piece by piece by piece. All the while, you know, coaching at times, scouting, managing and doing his MBA, you know, like, I mean, I mean, if people knew the Kelly McCrimmon story, I mean, it's it, it's so impressive. And so when I think about Brandon, I, I, I think about so many different players that, that that have come through there and have been so so fantastic. So when you when you put when you when you put my feet to the fire, so what you got to promise me though is you, you can't you can't let Ray Ferraro see this because <laughs> Ray will get mad at me. He goes, "How could you not pick the hundred eight goals scored?" You know what I'm going to tell him? Because you wore Cooperalls and the Cooperall look doesn't fly today. The kid. <laughs> The kids today just like, why did you wear your pants when you played? Like, you know, doesn't make any sense. I, I got to tell you, one of my favorite people, and uh, as a player, you know, the way he played the game and the way he handled himself and still does to this day, you know, Wade Redden to me was, I mean, he, he to me, he embodied so much of, of, of what uh, the Wheat Kings are about, you know, humble damn good knew he was good but didn't hit you over the head with how good he was and you know the way he played the game is it was his personality and you know there wasn't a lot of flash and dare to him there was just this incredible incredible efficiency the way he the way he played I, honestly if he was ever flustered if his heart rate ever got up over 50, I mean, I, I think that that would be the most most intense he would be. And again, I, I don't want to leave out. I mean, Braden Shen was a great week king, you, you know, and, you know, I, I talk about Brad and, you know, obviously I didn't watch Brad play in, in, in junior, you know, Hexy, you know, what he did, Ferraro with 108 goals. But Wade Redden to me was, you know, if, if I think about just a prairie kid playing for the Brandon Weekings, I think about, I, I really do think about Wade Redden who, who went on to have a terrific career in the NHL and, you know, but I mean, there's many in, in that regard. And just so you know, Chris, I'm going to ask you a question when we're done too, that, you know, it's not going to be rapid fire, but I, I want you to think about it. And then I, like, if you can't come up with the answer, I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Well, Chris or uh, Craig, uh, my my last one for you is is a little away from hockey, but I, I think people see Craig Button on TV and and they 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 hear you talking about hockey all the time, but they don't really know Craig Button as a person. So you're sitting down in your hotel room and you flip on the TV or your Netflix or whatever. What show are you turning on to kill time in the background while you're riding on your bike? What what's Craig Button's go to show of choice? Okay, two things. I, I can't watch TV when I exercise. I, I, I find no, I, no, I find it affects my like it, like you know. I, I I like to get focused in in my in my workout, and I listen to music or I listen to a podcast. 
but like you know, TV. I I I can't even watch sports when I'm when I'm exercising. I I, I just like the, it, it. For some reason, it 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 affects me in a in a way that I don't feel totally comfortable. But what I'm like, I really I love history. Like I really do. I love history. I mean, but comedy for me, good comedy. I don't know if you guys have watched Ted Lasso on Apple TV. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Like show. you know, and and. and like it, it's funny, but 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 it's so down to earth, and 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 I really really like that. I, I love the Queen's Gambit. I, I mean the, the the chess story. I watched the Undoing. You know, I was I was compelled to watch it. So I, I'm not watching just one thing. I mean, I, I love I love watching the marvel the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I think it's a it's a brilliant comedy, and you know, but you know, I'm you know I'm, I, I, I I seem to have moved away from movies. I don't know why to to more of these series and whatnot. But if something gets my attention early on, it, it, it's going to have me all the way through. I mean, my wife has. Been been watching the crown for years and so i watched this year with her and now i find myself going back and trying to catch up on all the other years so <laughs> I, I guess i guess that's the one that i would be telling you right now that i'm trying to catch up on now is uh is the crown uh on uh from all the previous seasons well there you go well, Craig, hit Chris with your question because now I'm curious. What 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 do you got for him? Okay, so we got the World Junior Hockey Tournament coming up here. Okay, who might be the most important Brandon Weeking in the history of the World Junior Hockey Championship in terms of notoriety at the tournament? Marty Murray, Marty Murray, Red Deer. Nope. Ooh. Well, Jordan Tutu. I mean, like Tutu's impact in terms of like. I, I I remember like the entire crowd doing the two two doing the whistles, but I think that Marty Murray. Uh, I no that would have been my guess. Yeah, yeah I would Marty. say Marty Murray. Okay, so if not, then I would say Jordan two two. Okay, nope. Hmm. You want to take one more shot? Yep, yep. Weaking the biggest impact at the World Juniors for notoriety. For notoriety. Think, think, think. Is it think, not Team Canada or is this World Juniors? Think, because maybe I'm it's thinking. Team, it's Team Canada. It's Team Canada. But, but, but think out of the box a little bit. Hmm. Oh, boy. I stumped. Stumped by the master. I, I can't think. I'm just drawing a blank right now. Bill Derlego. Do you uh, know why? Way before my time. <laughs> a little bit before my time as well. But why? I got to hear this. Bill Derlego was a top player. I mean, he was an automatic for the World Junior Team, but he, in 1978, but he broke his leg. Do you know who took his place? No idea. Wayne Gretzky, 16-year-old Wayne Gretzky, wow. and led the tournament in scoring. Mm-hmm. So, a uh, 14-year-old Craig Button, my dad was running Central Scouting at the time. On Christmas Day of 1977, we celebrated Christmas. He took me to the old Montreal Forum to watch the World Junior Championship, Canada versus the former Czechoslovakia. Gretzky had five points. He made a move in that game that I remember going back to the outdoor rinks and showing all my buddies and teammates and saying, we got to try this move. So, you know, yeah, Marty was great. You know, Marty Murray to me is, uh, I'll tell you this story in a second, but Bill Derlego, you think if, if Bill Derlego, Lego, the Builder Lego doesn't break his leg. Wayne Gretzky doesn't get to the tournament. 
led the wow. tournament in scoring as a 16 year old. Okay. And that it's is, a, it's a bad awesome. notoriety, right? But that's, I mean, Billy was unbelievable and there was a lot of debate about, uh, about should Gretzky be on the team or not. He led the tournament in scoring. Wow. <laughs> now you that's guys, awesome. you talk about Marty Murray. People have asked me this many a times. Who's the best leader you've ever been around? I've been around some terrific leaders. Marty Murray's amongst the very best. He was the captain of our St. John Flames team that won the Calder Trophy in 2001. I can tell you what, I've seen I've seen leaders as good as Marty and the people that I've been around. I'm talking about my circle uh, who, I, who I've touched uh, with respect to, you know, teams. Marty Murray's... No, no, some might be as good, not better. Oh, that's, uh, it's funny because Marty, you know, he's, he's always been so humble and so, oh. so quiet about everything. Like we had to, it took us like 25 episodes to convince him to come on the podcast and talk about the glory days. And, and I know that even like Perry Bergson, the beat writer for the Brandon Sun, like when he calls Marty and wants to do a story, Marty's like, no, call someone else. Like I've done this. I don't want to talk about it. Like he's just so humble about it. And I think that's what makes me appreciate, you know, what he did is that he doesn't he doesn't force it upon you and you have to sometimes dig it out of him to get him to talk about it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jim Playfer, who was our coach in St. John that year, if you ever want to get Jim, Jim could fill an hour of your podcast just talking about Marty Murray. Well, the level of respect that, that the Weeking fan base has for Marty Murray. Oh. Uh, I, again, like when we're asking everybody to name what former Weeking they want to see come back, uh, you know, all, all, the, all the usual suspects, but Marty's name is right up there amongst the tops. And it's funny that every time there's ever, ever any kind of a coaching change the fan base the first thing on social media is marty murray marty murray like they just they they want him to continue to 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 come back and do that at some point as well uh everybody loves marty well he's in sioux falls now and and maybe if dave lowry would have got his job before marty ended up in sioux falls you know maybe maybe he would have been at the top of the list but you know there's no i mean Marty, you know, what he went and did and why not. And, you know, he's not a, he wants to be the best coach he can possibly be. So he's going to prepare himself to be the best. Right. And you know what, uh, you know, I don't have any question that if he wants to continue to move up the levels and ultimately coach in junior and, and in pro that not only will he find his way there, he, he will do an exceptional job. Well, Craig, uh, we've taken plenty of your time. This was absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah, I got to go run here. You know, I got to go run from one yeah. corner of my room to the other corner of my room. You know, <laughs> just like a hamster. You just got a big wheel instead of the bike. So do you have two beds in there? Like, have you pushed them together into like one giant bed or how do they, is it's it just, one it's just, California no, it's king? Just, just one bed. Just one bed. Uh, if there was two, I just, if there was two, you got to space them apart and you can just jump and hop and create more of a. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do my plyometrics, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Parkour, yeah. parkour. Hey, I got, a, I got a good little. I got my kettlebells here. I got a bike. I got all kinds. I got a skipping rope. I got my, I got my bands. I, I got you're going to look like, on. you're, you're going to look like Dutchie by the time you're done. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you're going to give both those guys runs for their money. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, what's uh, the, you know, we sit here uh, yesterday, you know, you ask, uh, you know, not yesterday. I mean, when I came up to uh, Edmonton, I've been home since March 13th, 277 days. And uh, when I was leaving on Tuesday to come up to Edmonton, I said to my wife, I said, uh, you know what? We're used to traveling. We're used to me being away. You know, even at Christmas time, you, you got to leave a little bit earlier, depending on where the tournament is at. 
and I said, but uh, you know, 277 days. I, I I never I never really thought it would be this long, but it has been this long. And you know, I, I, we're going to get to the other side of this. And you know, with the announcement of the Western Hockey League having to postpone, and I know that it creates a lot, a lot of stress and anxiety for the young players. And you know, the only thing that in my PSA here is. Your futures are still right in front of you. Don't don't let uh, the uncertainty of when you're going to play or uh, what's going to happen uh, in the next couple of months derail you. You know, focus your energies and efforts forward. And uh, you know, we'll look back on this time as one where we all got through this together. That's actually a pretty good Perfect. message, not just for the junior players, but for all of the staff of the junior team. Yes, as well. absolutely, so, Chris. The radio so, guys, <laughs> all of us, geez. all of us yeah. to, to take that with. Yes. Well, it's part of our life, right? It's part of what we do. It's part of our rhythms. It's part of our patterns. And everybody around us that supports us, you know, allow us to go and do those things. So, Chris, absolutely, you know, that we all, because, you know, no, nobody likes uncertainty. Like if, if somebody said, hey, you guys be ready, uh, we might have a game this weekend well what do you mean like well who are we playing we don't know so you know uh th- that's where we find ourselves but you know definitely uh we're, we're turning the corner and uh and I, I think uh he asked me about uh what rink i'm gonna be what, what rink i love going to i'll tell you what i have uh the appreciation i have to go into all the rinks and see the people that are so important uh to the game i'll tell you what this smile is not going to come off my face for years i can guarantee you that your favorite rink is the next one so there you go (laughs) awesome well craig appreciate you doing this uh this was awesome best of luck enjoy the rest of the tournament uh and if you get a chance and you're and you're rubbing elbows with Braden schneider tell him that uh that crow and falco say uh good luck and his dad did a real good job with the christmas lights despite the fact that i'm sure he wasn't happy about having to climb back up on the ladder well wait a second uh, i mean he he did a good job taking directions from mrs schneider yeah 100 percent. let's be clear here right (laughs) last week er, last week's episode i was talking to our our new head coach don mcgilvery about the story about braden schneider prior to the draft now you have to dig into this because this might be worth a bit of a story so uh, i was talking to his dad kelly in the summertime and we were just chatting about whatever and, and I said well who do you want to draft Braden and he said oh Montreal and I said well was that your favorite team as a kid or what and he said no but Braden and I were redoing our deck one day him and Braden were at home alone and they were tearing apart this old deck and putting it back together and right when they started Braden got a phone call and it was a scout from Montreal wanting to talk to him so Braden went into the house and at that moment Kelly stepped up onto the deck fell through a rotten board and was stuck in between two pieces of two by four and didn't want to interrupt Braden's phone call. So he stayed stuck and wedged between this broken old deck for about 40 minutes till Braden came out. <laughs> so you'll have to look into that and find out the actual length of time. Because I feel like that's a fishing story that's gone 10 minutes to 45. Who knows? That, well, it's a great story. That's okay. Fishing stories are always good. It's it's the ones that can stretch it the furthest without. It's like an elastic band without breaking it, right? Like you know. But uh, I, if I see Mister Schneider somewhere in the future, which I'm sure I will, I'll have to bring that up to him. Like you know, like did, did you ever stand in one place for so long without moving? <laughs> because you didn't want to interrupt your son's phone call. He said he had bruises from his shoulders down to his ankles because the way he was pinned in the deck. So anyway, yeah. I that was a great story. But, yeah. Well, let's go, Craig. Appreciate it. Best of luck and 
and uh, enjoy the tournament. I know you haven't been in a rink in a while, so uh, enjoy it. And uh, hopefully uh, your prediction is right. And it's Canada Russia for the gold medal. Yeah, that would be exciting. But uh, in the meantime, all the best to you and your families and your loved ones and your friends and uh, all the best through these holiday uh, days. Our thanks to TSN's Craig Button. Uh, you know, Again, that interview, it was recorded a few days ago, but while we stopped the intro to the extra, just so you know, Chad, uh, with the emails, uh, an email's already been sent about both of your guest suggestions. So uh, keep those emails coming, qweeklyharvest at gmail.com. We would love to hear uh, what you think about the show, any ideas for upcoming episodes, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, Crow, this is our last episode, of course, before Christmas. This is coming out on the Tuesday. Uh, Christmas coming up uh, this, this Friday. What do you got going on with the family? What are you and Brandy doing? Well, I'm, uh, for those of you that uh, have followed the pod, you know that uh, I'm kind of a, I don't know if I, what word I want to use, but I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. And uh, I've been spending my off season working for an oil field company here in Verdun and uh, working on a uh, service rig out in the oil field. So I'm actually working right through till the 23rd, possibly even Christmas Eve. We uh, got to get the job done. Uh, and then I'm off until January 4th. So um, probably uh, we, we got a, we've got a lot going on out here in the farm with, like I said, with the chickens and the dogs and everything else. So probably just hang out here and uh, enjoy some of that Christmas baking and maybe some of that Christmas bacon I mentioned earlier and uh, just hang around, uh, probably watch a few movies and uh, I've got a few projects I got to get done. I got to finish renovating the laundry room and, uh, as you can see behind me, I meant to tell this story last week. So this is not the set from the first two seasons. I'm in a spare bedroom in my house. doesn't have any jerseys or cool sports memorabilia because that room was taken over for a home gym. And as you can see, that was not my choice <laughs> or my, uh, I, I gave it the approval, but it uh, was my wife's choice. So now my sports room that was the backdrop is now a gym. So I need to fix up this room that I'm in a little bit and uh, make it a little more office like put up some shelves and that sort of thing so a few projects but nothing major you can't go anywhere can't do anything but i know you got the boys and probably underneath that tree we see over your shoulder there's probably a pile of presents and you'll probably have to uh do some assembly and some uh, instruction reading over the next couple of weeks uh you know what yes but not as much as previous years there's been some that have been uh yeah like those classic classic tales uh that have taken hours and hours but uh no this year it's actually going to be a little bit simpler uh with with just everything going on uh but uh really looking forward to it you know especially when you get kids christmas just kind of takes on a whole new level um and you know and and, and with the ages again like i got a a five and a 12 year old um you know vastly different uh kind of experiences uh but uh it's going to be christmas right so yeah it's gonna be different but i'm looking forward to it i've taken the week off so i'm gonna be around doing a bunch of esports stuff for the team but besides that i plan on doing uh, a, a lot of ice fishing with jude uh and briar and uh and skating and fun times and uh, hopefully the weather cooperates so yes. that's gonna be my week and you've got a chance to play santa here right now and make someone's christmas gift of course i do all right let's play santa let's give away this jersey and the winner here is Lori nesbitt I, I, I assume. I mean, it's Nesbitt underscore Lori, but a great comment on Instagram. Lori Nesbitt says, Brad McCrimmon, a true quiet leader, played the game right at both ends of the rink, left us too early. Be great to see him lead the Wheaties out of the room on the ice again. Great captain on some great teams. Lori Nesbitt, you just won yourself the brand new Brandon Wheat King jersey. Congratulations. Uh, that's going to that's gonna look sharp. I don't know if, if, if you're going to want to wear it or if you're going to want to be like me and put all my jerseys in frames. 
Yes. I don't know, but you're going to have to let the team know what you do with it. Uh, send a social media post, post it, tag it, whatever. Let us know what uh, what you do, what you're doing with it. Are you wearing oh, it on I the sh- back here, Drake? Right, and I should say too that uh, they've won either a white or a black. So we got to also ask what color go. they're going to want to wear. Because uh, yeah, uh, you know, of course, new home and away jerseys. So only one lucky winner. But if anybody else wants to now uh, buy their jersey, if they've been with them, you know, enter the contest and waiting, be like, well, wait, I might I might win one. Well, I'm sorry to 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 break the. Back. Bad news, but uh, now you can go online to bwkstore.ca and you can pick yours up. Uh, they they look so sharp. Everybody loves them. Pick out your favorite: the white or the black, the home or away. But uh, those sharp new jerseys available for sale now. Uh, Crow, have yourself a fantastic Christmas. Any final uh, news or notes, or uh, you want to bring up? I do, and it's more of a funny story. And I just thought of it. So when I was younger, my parents got me a Wheat King jersey uh, uh, that had like the the muffin type logo, you know, like the wheat thing with the banner. And when I left Melfort, when I was working up there, there was a young boy who his dad worked in the newsroom and he was a big hockey fan and he was just starting minor hockey. And I didn't think I was ever going to be back in Brandon and the Jersey obviously didn't fit me anymore. So I gave it to him. Well, then a couple years later, I get the job in Brandon and I'm going, man, I wish I still had that Jersey. So for years I've wanted to buy one, buy one. And I just never got around to it. So I go to the bank, uh, the sportsman's dinner one year and my wife's in Florida and she specifically told me, do not bid on anything at these auction on at the sportsman's dinner. So I said, okay, I won't. But then I went and bid on something. So I bid on uh, Michael Furlan's stick and uh, frame, just trying to get the bidding going. Anyway, I won it for I like remember that. Two, 200 and some I bucks. That. Yep. So I get this stick. It's a stick and it's got Furlan's autograph and whatever. It's in a Calgary Flames picture or whatever. And I'm walking out the door. And Pete Gerlinger, my color guy, as we all know, he's been around a long time. He maybe have had a few too many Coors Lights. And he's got an Eric Fair wheat stock jersey with the wheat down the sleeves. Beautiful jersey. And he says to me, hey, Crow, what'd you win? And I told him I got this Flames picture and stick, and he's a big Flames fan. So he goes, uh, do you want to trade? And instantly I thought, I can't pass this up. So I said, yep. And I swapped him the jersey and I took off. About three days later, he didn't even remember swapping me out the jersey. So anyway, I got my jersey. Thanks, Pete. And uh, thanks to Coors Light for getting me my first ever (laughs) Brandon Wee Kings jersey. But it's hanging in that office. It's going to have to be moved. I'll probably put it right over my shoulder here. But uh, anyway, that's just a funny story about jerseys. But um, Fantastic. Yeah. Weekly Harvest brought to you by Coors Light, the official beer provider of the Brandon Wee Kings. Uh, Crow, have a very Merry Christmas, my friend. Uh, all the best to, to you and your family. And uh, you know what? We're going to be talking uh, you know, next next weekend, recording for the podcast for next week anyway. So I guess we'll be talking the day after Boxing Day, which we'll, of course, be talking about Braden Snyder and Team Canada. Getting things going. Looking forward to it. So uh, Merry Christmas to you and, and the two boys and uh, enjoy it. Try and, uh, try and keep the noise down in that neighborhood after Christmas. I know that uh, those toys and stuff, video games, they can make a lot of rackets. So keep it down. They're sitting right here or else I would comment more on that. <laughs> but yes. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone. All right, right. Take care. Talk to you again next week. Be sure to follow Q Country and the Wheat Kings on Twitter and Facebook for all your Brandon Wheat Kings news. Thanks for listening to the Weekly Harvest.